0: Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlowe, our brand performance podcast where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say, when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast, and today our performance conversation is with our very special guest, and we have Brittany, and it's Eisenman. Brittany, help me. (laughs) Eisenman. Eisenman. There you yes. go. She helps organizations with employee engagement through training and strategy. So, awesome opportunity to learn and listen. She comes from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Brittany and I connected through LinkedIn, which a lot of people we do business with and so Brittany and I connected, had a great conversation and just know that she's the kind of person who can help us with this this episode today because You know, I really liked Brittany's energy and what she shares with her hope and her optimism. Now, I'm gonna say... We are recording this in March, right? But we're gonna be listening to this in May. And so the cool part is kind of a double-sided conversation of like where we are right now, but then like what's it gonna feel like in May? And, and so many things are gonna be so much better by then, but that's where this conversation's gonna ebb and flow and that's why it's gonna be so good is because we've got all of that to look forward to. Brittany, you help companies care about their stakeholders and you want them to change the world for the better. You've just spent your life strategizing with training small and large teams and connecting their needs with tailored employee engagement solutions to better those and serves lives they touch. So, I mean, there's just a lot of connectivity in there. So, take us to a time where you decided that you wanted to serve in this space.
1: All right. I was at a crossroad, I would say, in my career. I had been a social worker for about a decade, and that was a time where I just kind of let my passions run wild, and I would just follow them. I had had a little bit of management and leadership experience in that. But I came to this moment where I was learning about a man named Kevin who cannot walk and he actually can be carried in a backpack. His friends decided they were gonna go do big things and they, um, one of their adventures was walking the wall in China. And so as he spoke to the group I was with, he showed a little bit of the video clip of what that experience was like. And that wall has so many steps and his friends were taking turns carrying him. They were just loving him, giving him this experience, having the experience themselves. And I was touched by this, but there's one moment where there was this Chinese journalist that is with them just recording it for her own content for whatever outlet she was working for and his friends were getting really tired and there's this moment where she puts down her camera and she just kind of puts it away in her own backpack and then she helps the friend that is carrying him by putting her arm under um like the backpack they had created for kevin to sit in on his friend's backs and just starts walking and helping. And I started sobbing. Mm. I was just crying so hard, it touched me. And I, I didn't know why right away, but later I realized that's the space I belong in. Helping the people that are doing really big, good things. And I'd had some of that in social work, um, and I wanted more. So that's when I decided to really career pivot and make my life explicitly about standing behind, standing beside, and supporting the people that are doing the really hard, good, big work. And I decided employee engagement is that space.
0: Mm. Oh my God. I love that you shared that story with us, Brittany. It was so powerful. I have to agree with you. I mean, you, know, you obviously connected to that story and there's a big piece of humanitarianism within you and listening to how that inspired you to say, hey, this is my place. These are, these are the things that I'm going to do. So what is it about this employee engagement? And especially like right now, right? As I mentioned, we're in March. There's a lot of uncertainty with people. Talk about like kind of where you're at now or maybe even before right now. Give us the value of employee engagement. Give us some, some insight. Oh, the value employee engagement. There's the big picture where your whole company's culture
1: is oriented and where you want to be as a culture. But then within that, there's the experienced culture. So what employees are actually experiencing as the culture of the company, which is always and very often is not the expected culture that the leaders thought they built. But then inside of that, there's these microcultures and teams. And that is where I believe the real power is. The one-on-one interactions, these small teams of you know three to 20 people where the leader's personality and decisions and behaviors have such an impact on how the team members trust each other, work with each other, and what they feel about the company. How connected they feel to that big important mission. So while that broad culture is so important, I really think the value is in that microculture, in those teams, and how they work with each other.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, yes, I I think anybody who's listening to this episode is really understanding the power behind that. Okay, so what problems do you normally see? Is there like a commonality that you witness within these granular micro teams that, um, that you see when it comes to connecting to the larger organization or the bigger culture picture?
1: That's a good question. I would say often, it it can kind of depend on the size of the company, but often there will be a pervasive leadership type that starts at the top, and then you'll have that in a lot of the managers. That kind of trickles down. That's how they respond to their leaders and how they respond to their teams. But every once in a while, you'll have these breakout leaders that are doing something different and just really creating wonderful micro-cultures Where it's not working, I think, is where the leaders aren't taking the consideration people personally. That seems to be, even if it's not explicitly mean or it's not explicitly overbearing, um, when leaders don't really know their followers and don't take any interest or ask questions about them personally, it can become more about the leader having a box in front of them and trying to fit the employee or the team into the shape of the box so that they do the right things instead of understanding each team member, their personalities, their strengths, their skills, where they want to go, and then using that, leveraging that for the team. And if that's not possible, figuring out where else in the company we can point this team member where all of this can be used to their benefit and the team's benefit. And that's so much more powerful when instead of looking at the box, trying to fit your team into it, taking your team members individually and understanding how they can fit together.
0: Mm, so working it from the inside out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah.
0: That's really cool because I think, yeah, there's just a lot more movement. Okay, but one thing I know about you and as as you and I engaged and connected, you've got this really cool story that you kind of had this year of yes and I think it's pivotal because, well, I don't know, you call it the the year of terror, but it was also the year of yes. And right now in our times, as people are feeling maybe terror and um, unknown uncertainty, give us that story. Share with us, Brittany, what it was like to do what you did and the experience that you had.
1: Yes. I went into my year of terror coming out of 2016. That year, it was hard. I felt pretty stagnant in my position at work. There was a ceiling as far as I couldn't go further, as far as promotion being promoted further. And I was a little bit bored. I knew that I needed to really do scary things to pop my bubble that I had put myself in really. So I decided 2017 is gonna be my year of terror. I didn't know what that meant when I labeled 2017 that, but I decided that if there's scary things that come across my desk, I'm gonna say yes. And just, just say yes without knowing if I had the tools to do the thing. So I ended up being asked to do a TEDx talk at Purdue University, which is my alma mater. So I gave that in the spring of 2017. Focused around the work that I was doing at the time, social work. It's terrifying to join this group of expert people that were all talking about the things that they're really, really good at. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. But TEDx was, is nothing simple, is it? I mean, that's that's a whole different experience. But I'm so grateful. What was the biggest thing that you learned by challenging yourself, just just with that TEDx experience?
1: That I have something to give. Wow. Yeah, I think that
0: that's amazing. Okay, what else did you experience that year?
1: That year, I got the opportunity to travel to Ukraine. In, in the U.S., I had been kind of as a side hustle, I guess, working with organizations that were simple, similar to the one that I had been working with, helping them develop their employees and their systems. And I ended up going to Ukraine. There was a small social services agency. As you know, their culture has been pivoting for you know a few decades now. They're trying to figure out how to do this thing, how to meet people's needs. There's financial needs, mental health needs, lots of adoptions, foster care type situations. So this little organization was had multiple departments essentially, but they were all tiny. They had great employees who knew what they were doing, had the right degrees and certifications. I flew over there. I just followed staff for about a week, did some home-based stuff, got to see how some of the poorest people live heard really hard stories, met an adopted child who had also been through an extremely physically traumatic experience, learned about a lot of what they do and how they do it in their culture. And then they had a conference where they pulled together, for the first time ever, they pulled together government officials, other social work agencies that were doing things, professionals that had a lot of power in the country, and even that region, Kherson, where I was. And they were trying to figure out how to do this thing together. So the piece I brought was a small piece, but I was so honored to be able to do that. I talked a little bit about some of the nitty gritty steps that we need to ensure that we're doing to make sure we're working with our government, with our community leaders, with the professionals that have the same heart for that work to meet the needs of the poorest and the most left out in their culture.
0: Mm, Wow, what an experience. I mean, there's just so much, I think from that, that probably really shaped you as a person, what did you connect to the most? Like, what, So when you live life today, right, this is 2016, 17, how has that formed how you operate today, Brittany?
1: I think the most powerful story for me was the story of a man. He had a small family and he had lost his job and was just struggling. He was not creating a good environment in his family. The organization came alongside them, helped them with money, helped him with skills. And through that, he ended up doing things around his house, just started kind of coming out and participating more in his own life. After I met this family and I came back and I talked to the team, I was really interested in the shame aspect. I wanted to know, was a lot of what he was going through, shame based on what he had experienced from their point of view. My experience at that point was just the U.S. You know, I didn't know if shame was more of a universal thing. And as they explained it to me, I realized it is when we take things away from people, like jobs, which are so foundational, not only to our life, but to our identity, it can just spiral starting with that shame factor. That story really stayed with me, him, how he changed things around and just started in the micro, started in his house with his yard, you know, revamping different rooms in his house just while he's waiting and gaining skills to get a job to be able to sustain his family.
0: Wow, that's very pivotal. I think obviously it's given you insight as you do help organizations and you talk about culture and these microcosms of teams and things and how to engage with ourselves to do good for the overall So you've taken these great stories and these experiences and you're serving people at a really amazing level. But you're also an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Okay. So share with us, you know, your experience as an entrepreneur and how you've gotten where you are today. And then the times that we're in right now, where are you at with your process of of keeping your business strong and tall?
1: I started with, you know, so much energy and hope, and I have to do this. I felt in every single atom of my being, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to start this business now, period. You know, it might not be the right time, or maybe it is. I just knew I had to do it. It pulled me. It just pulled me along in the very beginning. I quickly learned you've got to get good at a lot of things you've never even thought about before when you're an entrepreneur. Right. (laughs) So that was really fun. You know, I built my, my website with fully knowing that someday I will have somebody build another one for me. That's really great. But I poured hours and hours into it, figuring it out, learning it, loved it. I'm super proud of it. And so that was, you know, one of those, oh man, okay, this was super hard. I learned how to do it and I conquered it. And then there's other things like the bookkeeping that I would just rather rip off my toenails than do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, most of our audience, entrepreneurs, CEOs, small business owners are relating to you right now, Brittany, because yes, I would agree with you. We have to become like, you know, a very skilled tradesman, but yet we wear many, many hats as entrepreneurs and little do we know what it's like to accomplish all. But I think there's two. I mean, you've got the grit behind you, Brittany, that's enabled you. Like you said, you had the pull. And I think a lot of people as entrepreneurs, it's not something necessarily we're looking for, but it's just like the purpose comes to us and we're called on because we have this little skill set within this, this space that we know we need to be serving in. And that's what I'm hearing you say. And like I said, these experiences that you've had are amazing, amazing. So, um, Give us your biggest, okay, so as an entrepreneur, what would you say, share a time when you have felt the most defeated as an entrepreneur?
1: I would say it was an emotional defeat. I am extremely introverted. So my networking looks like a lot of one-on-one meetings. So before, I would just kind of cold contact people in my area and say, I'd love to have coffee, let's talk about X, or let's meet up. And then whoever said yes, I was going to coffee with them. So I went to coffee with someone I'd kind of known in my periphery who was sort of in a similar field. And I went to that meeting really exhausted. I'd had sick kids home all day. I went to that meeting having just started intermittent eating. (laughs) And Uh, (laughs) And I hadn't set an agenda. Not that you need to be super formal, but I hadn't said, this is what I want to learn about you. But Internally, I knew I just wanted to learn a little bit about her journey and her. And she came to that meeting, I realized later, believing that I was looking for a mentor. Throughout this meeting, she is quizzing me on different things and asking me to show her different things about my organization. I think kind of trying to make sure I knew lingo. It felt very um, confrontational. Mm. Uh, And then towards the end, she made a fairly racist comment. I just left really like, whoa, is this what it's like, you know, to network or is this what people in my area are like? Yeah. And part of that was I was hungry, not thinking straight. And part of that was being exhausted. But I would say it took me probably a day and a half to really shake that and kind of recenter and realize, you know, my journey is gonna be my journey I'm not going to match with everybody. And that's just part of networking. It's part of putting yourself out there.
0: I love that you were so raw with that too. And you're right. I mean, there are alignments matter. And I think more than anything is what we're hearing is, you know, you went into this thinking, you know, networking, right? (laughs) But it comes out on the other side as like, okay, who am I really connecting with? And valuing your time and your worth, like putting yourself in the room with people, do they qualify to have Brittany? in the room. And that's the way, like, I like to teach people to level up, right? We make mavericks and build champions in our brand. And even for job interviews, I love to teach people to say, do they qualify for you? Because Mm -hmm. we're always on that downside of like, oh, I'm here, you know, I, I hope I qualify for the job. If you were to just like flip that mindset around and say, hey, Is this person qualified to get in front of Brittany for the next 20 minutes? Because time is valuable and time is currency. I think that's kind of what you shared there. And and you witnessed the fact that you're way more important than that. And your your time matters. And the people that you put yourself with um, do matter. So really good, good stuff. Okay, so as we're kind of coming into the close of our episode, with you being an entrepreneur right now, with you understanding you know, what you do within these organizations and support training and that kind of thing, what kind of tips or pointers can you give us as we're hearing this episode that we can apply into the real world?
1: I think don't be afraid to care about people. That doesn't mean that you are, as a leader, constantly spilling your own story all the time, but asking really good questions that aren't just around productivity, or the project goal. But asking your employees pointed and well-thought-out questions about themselves will help build trust. And when you have trust, they're going to be coming to you with questions and options that maybe if that trust wasn't there, they wouldn't have brought those things to you. And you can really get creative and innovative in your team when people are constantly coming to you and feeling safe enough to come to you. So I would encourage leaders, so many of us are task oriented. We like to get the things done, cross them off, go off to the next thing with great success. But when we dig into our people, and that means taking time to ask the really good personal questions, the benefits are there on the task side as well.
0: I agree completely. Yeah, we always ask people at the end of our week, how do you feel like what went right and what felt good Mm -hmm. instead of saying, what did you accomplish accolades and accomplishments? They feel our self-confidence. And when we can say, Hey, you know, just at the root level, what felt good or what went well this week and then compound those. It just brings an extra layer of strength within us as humans to face whatever adversities or challenges. And so then we can be productive and we can be goal oriented. and We can be task oriented as well. So super valuable. People are our greatest asset and you know that more than anybody. So where's your website? Where can we find you? What's your social media? My website is
1: Genelevate.com. That's spelled G-E-N-E-L-E-V-A-T-E. I'm the most active on LinkedIn. So you can find me there. I am posting nearly daily during the weekdays, employee engagement tips, mostly aimed toward team leaders, especially right now in March as team leaders. Some of us are just figuring out what remote work looks like. So lots of tips and offers for free meetings on how to figure out how to do that. My organization is on Instagram a little bit. There's more humor on my Instagram account than there is on the LinkedIn, but that's mostly where I am my website, LinkedIn, and Instagram.
0: I love that you've got humor. I mean, right? Because we laugh more than anything in our brand. I mean, my team and I, yeah, we spend more time giggling over things than, you know, than saying, hey, this is really hard. Like, yeah, it's a great way to overcome a challenge is to kind of laugh it off. And, you know, like, what did we learn? So, so, so good. Brittany, this was absolutely awesome. So, thank you for coming. And to learn more about Brittany, you can simply visit our website at marlohiggins.com, where you can add Brittany. Brittany, to your circle of influence. You can connect to her resources and you can watch her on Instagram and all of her awesome humor. This is so good. Thanks for being with us, Brittany.
1: Thank you, Marlo. It was an honor.
0: We invite you to share this podcast with others and we thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid Community Facebook page because this is where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance and in sales. Let's continue the conversation. Join me at www.maverickcommunity.com where you can message me directly. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to increase revenues and sales, plus personal insights from me that I only share in email, Get yourself over to MarloHiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit MarloHiggins.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a call. Did you know that we offer a monthly workshop series? Maverick U is for leaders who want to recognize, inspire and motivate their teams to higher performance. Once again, visit MarloHiggins.com to register. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe and leave a review to all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.